Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I, X-Y-Z, A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the man who I will never leave, call her daddy style, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? I swear, I think I texted I texted you this this afternoon that if we ever get offered $500,000 to do a, <laughs> uh, a podcast and I turn it down, you have the the right to kick me square in the balls. Uh, it, it would be. <laughs> I, I always joke about super kicking you through a barbershop window, all of the rockers. That would be the moment, and yes. I would feel really good about it because then I would <laughs> go sign the deal like right after, like a contract signing. You know, it would be, and I would wake up and just say like it was worth. Like <laughs> I deserved it. It was. I deserved it. It was. It was absolutely worth it. it you'd also have to go back to like your family and be like, I turned it down. <laughs> like. Where have you been for I'm pretty five sure hours? if I told my wife, hey, I turned down $500,000 to do our podcast, she would leave me that yeah. instant. So, <laughs> look, it's well, uh, shout out to shout out to Call Her Daddy. Uh, that's a uh, it's a great pod. Listen to my first full episode yesterday because I wanted to know what happened. Uh, we'd be fools not to uh, figure out what's I mean, happening. It's, it's, the biggest podcast in the game. It's the right pod on the right platform at the right time. Like they really like found the perfect niche. Home run. And, uh, Home. And now they're now they're in full-on soap opera drama and it's just catapulting them to another level absolutely we uh i should move on quickly before i get more questions about why i know so much about call her daddy uh we, <laughs> we are of course brought to you by the blue wire network and our friends over at betonline.ag don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts and if you're one of our fantastic apple podcast users please 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 rate us five stars on apple podcasts and if you're feeling spicy, leave a review and subscribe to us on uh, on the YouTubes. I yeah, never sub- know where this is. I think it's like right subscribe, here. Hit this button. Subscribe. It's leave red. us comments it's on our, red our videos. Yeah. Talk about my awesome throwback jersey that I have on today. By the way, I love how both of us gone full sleeveless for this pod. It's 100 degrees out. We were, I'm, like, we I'm were, melting sitting in my chair it's, right it's, now. It's incredibly hot. But I like at the beginning of this video pod thing, when I suggested this to you, we were both very like, Oh man, I gotta get ready. Like, I gotta go take a shower, put a shirt on. Today, the heat has won. So, congratulations, yes. Heat. Uh, we yes. <laughs> we I, are sleeveless out here. I've been wearing tank tops and shorts and nothing else for the past two days because it's been so hot. Uh, make sure you also follow us on social. Follow us at Two Jabronis Pod on Instagram and on Twitter and in the BR app. Uh, like Ben said, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Click that red button. Help us out. Uh, leave us a comment um give us a thumbs up on our videos too like our pretty faces um and you can follow me at, at on twitter at jeremy a loss and you can follow ben at cruise control that's control with k all right we're uh we're we had a big weekend it was uh and we're gonna talk about that 
we're going to talk about that right now because that is the main event. And for this week's main event, we are talking AEW's premier marquee pay-per-view of the year, Double or Nothing. It was... So let's... Before we kind of break down the card, as a whole, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, oh, last... I great. Last year's was, I thought, going to be pretty hard to top because they set the bar last year. Last year, there almost was no bar, right? They were like, we can do whatever we want. Anything they did would have been fresh and new. And we... Everyone... I remember I was at a wedding that night. It was my, it was my best friend's wedding. And I was... I had, I had a blast at the wedding. Half my brain was like, I'm missing Double or Nothing. And <laughs> I watched like, it on repeat, but it, it was phenomenal. Well, last year, they also had the Mox debut. And that was the Huge. biggest thing in wrestling for for however long. Nuts. So it was going to be tough for them to top. I wouldn't say that they topped it. I will say that they lived up to the hype and they have cemented Double or Nothing as a must-watch yearly event uh, going forward. Uh, this was obviously with everything going on they had to do some adjustments and and boy did they they make some really really strong adjustments um and really took advantage of the fact that they um had little to no crowd and that they were in a controlled environment because i thought a lot of the stuff that they did was pretty great um to start i thought the stadium stampede was incredibly oh unique my god was that fun ton of fun to watch it was I've never laughed that much watching a wrestling match. My son was next to me. My son is five years old and was dying laughing. He thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, yes, it could be cheesy, but if you go into it knowing that like this is probably going to be off the wall and kind of bonkers and bananas, you enjoy it. And it just delivered. The comedy spots of Sammy Guevara were hilarious. The The bar fight between Jake Hager and Hangman Page was awesome. It reminded me of so Roadhouse. Good. Yeah. So it was like good. a little mini movie. Uh, the spots they did on the football field were chaotic and hilarious at the same time. Um, the final spot with um, Kenny Omega doing the one-winged angel on uh, with, on Sam Guevara off like the stands was crazy. Um, and, and the Matt Hardy pool segment was awesome. I mean, everything, it had a little bit of everything, and it was just really entertaining to me. Um, these cinematic matches just continue to deliver uh, because I think, both of these companies, WWE and AEW, have incredible minds for the business, um, and they they're they're willing to go outside of the box, especially in times like this. And I just thought everything delivered there. Um, it was just really a joy for me to watch for that twenty to twenty five minutes that it was on. What I loved about it specifically was the amount of planning that went into it, and then the execution of those plans, right? Mm-hmm. Because they obviously had full access to that the, that entire stadium and can do whatever they wanted, and that can be daunting to anyone to to any mere mortal <laughs> uh, planning out a match and for them to be able to figure out like yo there there's a bunch of us in here let's hit these spots and for them to execute it almost flawlessly and obviously it's pre-tape blah 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 but it, you whenever you do a pre-tape match you run a huge risk of being overly cheesy like that that's yep. just the reality of the situation right and nothing about it felt cheesy it 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 hit all the right spots of it being this is fun this is a hell of a lot of fun but it also hit the points of yeah these two factions do not like each other and they will do whatever it takes to win and i, I just thought that execution and that planning was was for a lack of a better word elite 
uh, and <laughs> do the Matt Hardy spot in the pool. When I was first watching, it took me a second to realize what was happening. I was like, are they are they attempting a murder right now? Because they are drowning my guy, Matt Hardy. And then to watch him kind of transform into, you know, his, his previous iterations was freaking hilarious. Uh, I love the uh, the Adam Page, the uh, the chalk outline, not the outline, but when the, he came uh, out, drawing. And he, was, he was drinking a, a beverage and walking the chocolate. Yeah, and they rolled it over, over Jericho. Jericho. Oh, spot. my goodness. That was killer. That was if you're like the, if you're a big football fan, you know that that's like that's that's a huge spot. That was so low funny. Key, my low key favorite spot was the replay, yeah. the, the the challenge. <laughs> yeah. I was dying. I was like literally screaming in my house, like they're challenging the call. Um, there were just things that were like, and and, and big ups to Jericho because Jericho's been in this game longer than anybody in that match. Yep. Um, and he leans into everything. He was going full bore. Uh, we have a photo on our Instagram where he's wearing a the cone, cone. Head, Huge. and he just looks absurd. He he gives the the Jaguars ma- mascot the Judas effect. Like um, <laughs> that was incredible. It was, just, it was so much fun from start to finish. I will say the ring in the middle of the, of the field was a little awkward to me. It didn't seem like it was necessary. Um, I felt like that was like a uh, like a Super Bowl halftime show sprinkled in there you know it was yeah. like oh we're, we're we have to set the stage that th- this is an actual match and what did just... you think of the the football entrances the start i thought oh, that was really fun come on I, I i don't know why we didn't think that was going to happen initially i don't know why neither of us called that because those football entrances i know they don't get they get some play on nfl broadcasts but when you're there in person those are a big part of yeah. watching a football game in person it's just these dudes are basically making wrestling entrances uh, you know, there's pyro, there's there's loud music, they're yelling to the audience. So for them to embrace that aspect of it, I thought was, again, just just a stroke of genius and them thinking through everything, like even the inner circle wearing their football jerseys. It's little things yeah. like that where you realize they took the the proper time and care into thinking about the execution of this match. And that you can really appreciate because they, they could have just had, they could have turned this into kind of like a backstage brawl an empty arena match. And we've seen that, frankly, we've, we've seen plenty of those and they've been all great. And this match could have just been great. This match was spectacular because of all the little details that they took care of and made sure to emphasize on the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, like we said, like there was a lot of comical elements to this, but there was a lot of physicality as well. Crazy. I mean, Nick Jackson doing the moonsault off the top of the goal the goalpost. Like, like some of the stuff they were doing was just bonkers. They were doing, uh, I think it was Nick, Nick or Matt that was doing the the suplex chain down the field. <laughs> the, the whole grass. way, the like, whole that was my favorite spot because when like he started doing bonkers. it, when he started doing it from the other end zone, I, I said out loud to my wife, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna do it all the way down the field." She said, "No way." And then obviously they cut away a bunch of times, and whenever they would cut back to him, once he got to midfield, I was like, "Oh, he's going all the way." This is like a 99-yard touchdown. Uh, and th- that was that was my favorite spot. There's obviously a lot of spots in that match that were that made me pop. That one specifically, because I called it. <laughs> and was like, you have to be insane yeah. to kind of do that. That takes a lot of endurance and for, for both parties to just kind of take that suplex over and over and over again. On grass, uh, yeah. That's oh. not it's not a pleasant feeling. And they spot I mean, on. they did a lot of stuff that was just crazy and and fun. Um I know that we had 
we had talked, I, I was thinking about this during the show. Um, this is like a larger point. We had talked about on, on Friday about how like AEW can be predictable at times. And I think we, pre- at least I predicted like most of the matches wrong. And I think that was like a really pleasant surprise for me. Yes. Um, and I was really happy to see that the elite one, it makes a ton of sense. Um, and then leading into tonight with the, the inner circle celebration, cause they, they thought they were cheated and all that kind of stuff. It just continues the story. Uh, but I've, I've been really, really happy with the state of wrestling when it comes to cinematic matches. I love that people are leaning into it. I love that we are leaning into the absurdity of the times. Um, I hope these things continue because there's a lot of creativity, especially with Matt Hardy and, and Bray Wyatt, especially um, that can really lend themselves to some incredible storytelling when it comes to these kind of matches. So um, Stadium Stampede gets a, a ton of thumbs up. Big, from me. big thumbs up um, as well. Moving Thank on you. to like what I thought was another like just high point of the night, which was shocking, like because shocking because I didn't expect much from this match was the the Nyla Rose Hikaru Shida match. That was that was really good. Quite possibly the best women's match that AEW's put on. Um, shocking AEW ending was, too. Shocking. Yeah. Neither of us predicted that that uh, the Cheetah would win. So, yeah. you know, for for them to have the balls to do that, you know, props to them. Now that and the match itself was fantastic. Yeah, the match was great. They they took advantage of the arena um, and they used the the double or nothing setup. Um, I think this is probably the best match that Nyla's had. Um, in the company, she looked like a monster, um, but also she showed some technical abilities that are rare for a woman of her size. Uh, and Hikaru Shida is just a pro. Um, she is so damn good. Um, extremely violent for for somebody that doesn't look like she would be extremely violent. You know what I mean? Sure, like yeah, yeah, her yeah. and Riho have that same kind of vibe where they just they don't look as like daunting as they are in the ring. Um, she's an excellent worker. I think she's going to be great with the belt. Um, and I think it's somebody, I think she should keep the belt until Britt comes back in September. Um, because I like the way I like, especially tonight with Britt doing like the conspiracy of who attacked her or what, what happened to her body is incredible. Um, and she called her a fake champion. And I think that would be an excellent, like first real feud for a car. Sure. Yeah. Uh, when Britt Baker comes back, but I really love this match. What did you think of it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I kind of went in with low expectations uh, because I had circled it as Nyla's going to win, right? Like we yeah. can go through all the jump through all the hoops that we want. The end result is Nyla's going to win. And again, like when you do podcasts, when you do wrestling podcasts specifically, when you watch wrestling as much as we have, you're very, very rarely ever surprised. And it was just very refreshing to watch the result be the complete opposite of what you thought it was going to be. Like you kind of just you let you hit that lean back, big eyes, and be like, "Oh, they did it!" And yeah. it it was just very very refreshing to have that feeling and for them to hit us with that type of swerve. And um, other than that, like they they absolutely killed it. Like again, the no DQ, no count out aspect. You're like, "Oh, that's gonna lead Nyla to do some wild stuff." And again, I think that 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 stipulation just kind of angled us more towards focusing on Nyla and how she was going to retain is probably going to be through some shenanigans or she's going to do something nuts. And for her to lose in, in that situation was, uh, it was a very, very pleasant surprise. So yeah. Once Jokaro hit the avalanche Falcon arrow, I was like, Oh shit. And then she hit Nyla in the face with the, the kendo stick. And I was like, <laughs> Oh man, like they were doing some crazy spots. There was a spot where Nyla 
suplexed uh, Sheeta through, I want to say it was a poker table. Um, and then Sheeta hit a flying knee on, on Nyla through like the big double or nothing poker. Right. Chip. That yep. was pretty cool. Um, so they were going for it. And yeah, it, I was pleasantly surprised because I, I thought they were going to keep the belt on Nyla for an extended period of time, considering she is uh, one of the, the, the bigger stars. But Sheeta has that opportunity to really catapult herself to the next level. Yep. Especially when she challenges, when she has a match and, and a feud uh, with, with Britt Baker, because Britt Baker is just on another level right now. Oh, she's killing she's it. injured. Yeah. Love um, I will say uh, these next two matches are kind of join them together because there's a lot here to go through um, what, that I really, really enjoyed um, that did a lot for me in terms of storytelling um, and just kind of furthering each wrestler in these matches was the AEW World Championship match between John Moxley and Brody Lee. Yep. I thought this was way better than it needed to be. Uh, Brody Lee looked great. John Moxley looked great. There were some brutal spots. The 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 paradigm shift through the stage. I was nuts. Um, made it look like it, it seemed like Brody Lee got colored the hard way. Like it didn't look like yeah. it was a blade job. That looked like it was hardly like that was the hard way. Um, and then MJF versus Jungle Boy. MJF oh, Jung- Jungle Boy was a phenomenal wrestling match. Um, MJF, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this pod, is the best heel in the game. And boy, does he know how to sell. And he knows how to tell a story in the ring. And Jungle Boy is this a really great white meat baby face. And I mean, that match was a great jumping off point to him being the number one contender for for the TNT Championship, right? Like right. you start to buy into like, oh, he's legit. You know, he he's no longer just this celebrity son um, or just part of this this fun little faction. Like this dude can go. And uh, we, we've known about that about MJF. Um, and, and for Jungle Boy to kind of prove that, you know, on Saturday was, was fantastic. Yeah. The, so the Moxley Brody Lee thing, you know, when you're first watching it, you're like, oh, this is like the shield versus the Wyatts, right? Like it's, it's hard to shake that a little bit right up front as they went through kind of going toward the end. You're like, oh, this Mox Brody Lee match is nuts. And that in of itself speaks to how they've separated themselves from their previous personas. It's like Moxley's done that for a while now, right? Like he's, he's done this over a year, over the course of a year. Brody Lee's still pretty freshly removed from WWE. And for him yeah. to be thrown into the main title picture right away and to thrive and to look legitimate, it, 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 it makes you question a lot of how they used him in WWE because it, he should have been a main title performer over there. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, those are those that was everything you heard from from kind of other wrestlers were like, yo, he's good. You know, Luke Harper is a G and you, you need to watch him. And, you know, he'd he'd show flashes. Obviously, he was kind of handcuffed by his his gimmicks, like the Bludgeon Brothers and, and you know, kind of being par- partnered with Rowan. And but again, he, he's kind of shown that he can he can hold a feud. He can be the main guy in a feud. And, and that's, that, yeah. that was tough to see at first. Cause you're like, you can't, you can't shake at first. Like the fact that that's Luke Harper. Now I'll look right. at him as Brody Lee, like for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest criticism of him in the WWE, and I, I think you're right. He was kind of handcuffed by his gimmicks was yes, he could go in the ring, but did you know, could he carry a storyline as a character? Right. Could he, as Luke Harper make his, his combatant look good or carry a storyline or just make it seem plausible 
And, and that was problematic in WWE because Luke Harper as a character was kind of off the wall, didn't say much, had the crazy eyes when he was the IC cha- champion. Uh, some random moments where he was part of the the authority. Yep. Like he like there were yep. some ran- like weird things going on with his character. I think now that he's solidified himself as the exalted one, Brody Lee, we have a character now that he is he seems legitimate. He can tell a story. Um, he could talk on the mic. You believe him. Um, and, and his in-ring work hasn't changed. He's still a really good in-ring big guy worker uh, who throws hellacious blows, who has some great athleticism for a man his size. Um, so it was just great to see him get his shine. As we've talked about, Mox is one of the top five wrestlers in the game right now. He's so good. Uh, with so in-ring good. work, mic skills, just his overall persona. Um, they're doing phenomenal things with Mox. I think it was easy to... I don't think people understand how easy it would have been for them to fumble the bag here. Um, yeah. They could have really fucked up with Mox. Yep. Um, and they've really let, they've taken the leash off of him and let him be him. And people love it. He is Stone Cold Light. Like he is literally doing what people loved about Stone Cold. And, and that's anti authority. I'm just going to do my own thing, um, follow my own drum, beat my own drum. And people flock to that. Um, and I think what really happened, what happened to WWE is, they put the shackles on him and they, they didn't allow him to, to express his creativity. And I think AEW is doing the wrestling world a favor by allowing John Moxley to be John Moxley. Um, whether it's his matches being almost always no DQ, like literally all of his matches have been no DQ, even if they say they're not DQ, no DQ. So right. <laughs> um, it, it's, they're doing the right thing. They found the way they found his niche and they're just letting him go with it, um, which is great. So, um, and, 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 and kind of heart back on MJF. Um, it's crazy how much like we, we think about how well we think about jungle boy coming out of that match and he lost, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's a true, that's a testament to how good MJF is in the ring as well. He made MJF or he made jungle boy look great in a loss. You know what I mean? So like MJF gets the business. Um, he is a future star. Um, he may not be TNT champion for a little while, but I don't care. He can kind of like float around in that mid card area and just continue to like be an asshole. It looks like they're teasing a, a Wardlow split. So we may have a, a feud there soon. So um, those two are, I mean, the, the future for AEW is extremely bright with those two um, moving on to the TNT championship match. Uh, I don't have much to say about this match. It, it wasn't special in my opinion. Um, I mean, Cody won, which is a, a big moment that he is the inaugural TNT championship TNT champion. Sorry. Um, and Tyson got involved. Uh, we'll talk more about Tyson later um, with his involvement tonight. Um, but the match itself, I almost forgot entirely like five, ten minutes later. It just didn't do anything for me like in the ring. Yeah, I mean, the uh, the commentators did a good job of making it a big deal, right? Like, But right. if you take that away, uh, and maybe, maybe I'm saying this because I kind of experienced it because I was kind of watching it on low, like, cooking it or sorry i was watching it while we were cooking dinner so i had the volume a little bit lower um and you're like yeah this is this is a pretty solid match they're telling a, a decent story uh and i there would be times where i you know i'd ask my wife to kind of turn it up so i could hear and the announcers were doing their thing in making this seem like a big deal right like lance archer he's partnered with jake the snake uh cody has arnie anderson in his corner uh and you know the, they're feuding for it. cody can't fight for for the, the the main championships, this is the only thing he has. Like they they checked all the boxes to make you feel 
why this match was important. And these two dudes, like, they did their thing. It just wasn't as memorable as you'd want it to be for the first ever of any type of championship, right? Like, this is this is not the 24-7 title, right? Where right. shit just kind of, that shit gets passed around like a blunt. Like, you want, if this is the, the mid-card title for AEW, it just has to be a little bit more of a big deal. And, and look, they had a tournament to make it feel like a big deal. They had Cody in it to make it feel like a big deal. They had someone like Lance Archer in it to make it feel like a big deal. The execution was just, it just fell a little short. I'm not saying like they can't make the TNT title uh, into a bigger deal. I, I just think it was also hampered by the fact when they debuted the belt and all of awful. like wrestling Twitter were like, where's, is it incomplete? You know, right. and it actually well, was, it, is. it yeah. actually was incomplete and they did finish yeah. it after. So, which was, which is extremely, well, it still hasn't been finished yet. Like it's still right. like, if you looked at the belt tonight, it's still incomplete. I think what Tony Khan said after the after the, the card was that like gold plating is going to be added, and I think they showed a photo of what it would look like. Sure, it looked like yeah, and it looks much better. But it was, I mean, this is like on the same level as the twenty four seven debut. Like, right, there was just like memes going around on Twitter all night, just like Spider Man meme. Oh, my son is in the background. Here, there he is. There he is. Um, he heard uh, he heard like, about the uh, Lance Archer Cody match. He was like, I got to talk about this. Yeah. He has he has his thoughts. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I think I think it was hampered by a little bit of like people were thrown off by it. But also Tyson's involvement was a little funky. Um, <laughs> My man was falling asleep. He was. Like uh, and then he had the moment where he like takes his shirt off and he wants to get involved with Jake the Snake. And then that kind of leads to um Cody's Cody getting the, the upper hand on Lance and getting the finisher. It just felt for a Cody match. I mean, now it's got to the point now when when Cody's in a match, I expect top level storytelling in sure. the ring. And I just don't know if Lance Lance Archer can kind of hang with with Cody when it comes to telling a story in the ring. Lance Archer is a, a, a massive physical specimen, and he does some crazy stuff in the ring. But in terms of like the style of wrestling that you get when you watch a Cody match versus the style of wrestling that you get when you watch a Lance Archer match, they're polar opposites. And I was expecting something where Cody was going to tell this immaculate story. Uh, and it just wasn't there because I just don't think the dance partner kind of fit that. You know what I mean? Uh, I also think, you know, to, yes, I agree with that point. I also think Tyson being rin- ringside pulled a lot of the focus. And, and like, why yeah, wouldn't it? Right. Like, this is this is one of the greatest athletes of our lifetime. And he's sitting ringside to present the title to the winner of this match. Like, I just feel like they cut to him too much. They lean on him too much as a uh, as a crutch, basically, for like you know at some point he was going to get involved like that, that yeah that, they were going to be yeah you knew from the start so and like they i feel like they kept teasing it like they kept cutting to him and uh, look as great as iron mike is and i i, I don't want to say anything disparaging because he might still find me and punch me in the face like they cut to him with like sometimes the wrong points where it's like he lost interest a little bit you know and he just doesn't have that instinct in him where if like you're ringside you got to be locked in like you just yeah it's it's yeah it's, i mean if, if they're cutting to you and you're and you're yawning that's a bad sign for the match like if he's yawning in his cage side everybody at their house is going to be yawning because right. they're like and they're not that's that's all people talked about i remember when that happened yeah. like on tweet deck string of tweets about it and rightfully so like why wouldn't you make fun of that point that's that's freaking hilarious for mike tyson to be falling asleep yeah. at that point so i do think that that pulled away from it i think that they were able to at least recoup some of the value that they lost by having a ringside 
having him involved in the finish and then presenting the title to Cody. So that's fine. Like you, you kind of need that moment as a Cody to have someone as legitimate as Mike to be there. So net value, like it, it was a positive. Like that, that, that's that's totally fine. Like I'm fine. I, I just, I want to see what they're gonna. I, I mean, now they're going to do an open challenge. Um, very announced very john cena yeah u.s title very john cena ask uh matt cordona with a twitter um tease saying open challenge question mark like he seems like he's dropping a hint um that's not i feel like that's not even like a a hint or a secret like he's gonna be an AEW, right right like yeah we get you know he's like best friends with cody yeah, I mean, I think it's, I would give it a couple weeks and then he shows yeah, up. Yeah, so. so and why wouldn't you? He's one of the most popular free agents out there, um, and like the revival obviously debuted tonight. So if you're gonna grab the revival, like you have to grab Zach Ryder or Matt Cardona. Yeah, I should say. Yeah. All right, let's move on to something that was. I, I'm gonna go out and say it, it was <laughs> underwhelming for me. The casino ladder match. I was. Um, I watched this. This match was a mess. Um, it was all over the place. Um, I think that and it comes with the territory of a ladder match. Um, there were some really great spots and some great moments. Uh, shout out Orange Cassidy doing the lazy reaching for the uh, the, oh. the chip. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm using that gift so much for the and rest of time. Refusing to put up a ladder. Yeah. Um, I would say Darby Allen did himself a disservice during this match. He did a lot of things that were overly psychotic if you will like the spots that he was doing i mean this guy no regard he has no regard for his well-being and and it's it's scary watching this at times like he did the the skateboard spot at the start of the match was i thought he broke his leg and then the spot at the end of the match um with brian cage i thought he could have broke his neck like that stuff yep it's i understand that's his gimmick but at the same time like you are 20 something years old, like start thinking about your, your health here. Yep. Um, obviously the big surprise is Brian cage coming out um, as the last entrant, the mystery entrant with Taz as his manager and holy shit. This is the best thing about it. Um, Brian cage. If you had, if you don't know who he is, go back, go on YouTube, look at his stuff in impact wrestling. Fantastic. He is a massive human being. Monster. Um, the Wolverine, um, just a, a freak of a man. Um, and now he has Taz on as his mouthpiece. And and tonight, if, if tonight was any indication, it is going to be an incredible partnership because Taz just knows how to speak on a mic, man. That guy's great. He's, he's so fantastic. he's good in the booth. Um, so to have him as his manager, a heel manager, is just awesome. Um My- but like I said, like this match was just all over the place. There was a lot of crazy spots just for the sake of having a crazy spot. Right. Um, I thought Orange Cassidy's work was pretty solid. Uh, I think they're doing the right thing with him. They're just kind of keeping him in people's like uh, peripherals, like peripherals. He's here. Yeah. Yeah. And and, but not like full on elevating him. I think they're just going to keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. But they're doing the right thing and just keeping him present. Um, And then I I think it was Joey Janela who filled in for Ray Phoenix during the card. Uh, Luchasaurus had some spots. Um, They teased Scorpio Sky and and Frankie Kazarian. issues and, and SCU issues. So there were some good spots, but overall it was, it was a bit of a mess and it, it, it was all over the place. 
my biggest it, it, was, it was hard to comprehend at times. Yeah, my biggest issue with it was, you know, I think we talked about this last last Friday when we were previewing the show. It was like, of everyone, so the mystery participant hadn't been revealed yet. When we were looking at everyone, you're like, I don't know if I'd buy any of these people as a legitimate title contender for Mox, right? So right. like, that's why I had picked Luchasaurus because of everyone. You know, on paper, you're like, oh yeah, he he could take on Moxley. Like, I I could I could buy into that, but you know, I wasn't a hundred percent there. The second Brian Cage came out there, I texted you and was like, oh, he's winning the match. You know, it was yep. just it was just kind of a like he had look, he has the pedigree, um, and obviously with Taz being in his corner, it was just kind of foregone conclusion that he was going to win the match it was just a matter of how so that kind of pulled me away from it because i hadn't really bought into anyone else really winning this match anyway once he came out i was like oh it's him and but i will say this i enjoyed the spot with him and luchasaurus um as a whole like just their interactions because those are two those are two big dudes yeah and for them to be able to do the stuff that they do Pretty damn impressive, right? Yeah, yeah. they're so, so, they really impressive big men. So, like AEW so, has really solid big men. Absolutely, and like they're just they have versatile big men, right? Yeah. Like they're they're uh, like the the new wave NBA. Like they have they have big they got men a whole who, bunch of stretch fours and stretch fives. Right. They can they can <laughs> they can rebound block shots and hit threes. They got a bunch of Miles Turners out there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, so there there was that, and I mean, yeah, I also didn't like the big chip. That he had to get like that just kind of like I also goofy. I also don't like the fact that it's like a predetermined date for him to wrestle. Yeah, I like, thought that was a little funky too. It kind of removed uh, some of the allure of why you would want to win it because then you can cash it in whenever you want. I mean, maybe it's just like us being like, um, just like really into the money in the bank. We're pretty brainwashed by money in the bank. But yeah. like, I love the cash in, and I thought like, what better to, what thing to cash in than a chip? Yeah, you exactly. know, like like a Vegas. It just lends itself perfectly to a cash in. Maybe it's like too much gimmick infringement, and they didn't want to do that. Sure, um, but I, like I also thought my my other issue with it was I thought, and this isn't his fault. He obviously with everything happening, he probably he might not have had like the reps. Brian Cage looked a little rusty, just a little bit of ring rust because obviously he's been yeah. away. I, I believe well, he got tonight. Injured. He looked like a fucking monster. I think yeah, he rebounded tonight, which is which is fantastic. But just kind of in that. Like to throw him basically in the deep end, yeah. Of like a, a huge well, high was, profile ladder match. Um, sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, no, like, please. He was buried under like garbage yeah. for a good chunk of the match, and then just like popped up. Yeah. Like, um. So I mean, he was in it for five minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um. And he he hit he had all his like his greatest hits. Yeah. But it was just like I, if you watch his impact stuff, like you're like, oh, there's a this makes sense as to why he was like the world champion over there. Like he just yeah. He was very obviously. It's a, it's a rhythmic thing, right? Like a lot of people in wrestling talk about that. Like if you're watching the Undertaker doc, he talks a lot about kind of being in ring shape versus like actual shape. And people talk about that all the time. People don't fully understand what it means. It's like a timing thing. Um, yeah, so, he also like to to kind of lean into that uh, the Undertaker doc. Like I was listening to his interview with with Bill Simmons, and he talks about like just the the callus on your body that you get from taking bumps while you're on the road or doing shows every other week. Like you don't get that when you're doing one match a year. So it's right. like your body doesn't recover as fast because you don't have those calluses. And I think Stone Cold has talked about it as well. No. Yeah. I, I believe Undertaker put it like when you're a boxer, 
why you have a sparring partner because you have to toughen up your skin to get hit. And if you're mm-hmm. not, when you get hit initially, it's a huge shock. Like I can only imagine, like, look, taking a bump to us and to these guys and girls who do it on a daily basis is probably like second nature. But look, if you and I took a bump, I'm pretty sure we'd be on the ground for at least half the day. Right. Just like I'd be on the ground for half the day and I probably wouldn't be able to walk like the next day. Like if I took a a back bump, I'd be like, yeah, I'm done. So, yeah, to that point, I I totally understand about, you know, Taker's point about having those reps and having your body used to that sort of impact is a it's 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 very, very key. So um, no shade at Brian Cage. I was just saying like it was just like a half step off. You know, yeah, it's like, and this is something that I would never say to Brian Cage's face because that means no, he he might kill us. Like his arms are like the size of my torso. Yeah, this man is just gigantic. I think he could and cru- he's doing backflips and shit. I think he'd crush both our skulls with both palms. Yeah, I'm just, pretty sure he would. Yeah. Like he would just like do like he'd like wrap his hands around our faces and just like squeeze. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It'd, it'd be, he's uh, a terrifying human being. I bet you he's probably like super nice, but at the same time, like visually, oh, he's he's uh, he's, a, he's a very nice guy. Um, to uh, talk about our our friend friend of the show. And uh, Blue Wire podcast wrestling brother and Chris Van Vliet, he had him on uh, on his show. He's a uh, seems like a very sweet guy. So well, shout out. Let's get him on the show, and then we can really judge for ourselves. Brian Cage, open invite. You're, you're welcome. Bring bring um, the chip. Let's get into some other things that I I, I really didn't care for, uh, and we'll go through these really quick. Uh, Penelope Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander. Uh, this was supposed to be Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander, and I think it just really struggled. That was the reason why for the yeah. fact that this was this was put together at the last minute. No, no shade at either one of these 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 women. I think they're pretty solid in the ring. This didn't mean anything to me, and I kind of checked out. Sure. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. I have no idea what the fuck they're doing with Sean Spears. Literally, have no idea. Um, yeah, that was a uh, showed a lot of ass like crack. He got a finger up the butt. Yeah, and then he had he had Tolly Blanchard's face on his dong. Yeah, on his underwear, like, which what are was we clearly doing? like a sticker. Like, yeah, it was a they sti- wanted us to believe he made boxers where Tully Blanchard's face was just there. Like, no, it's clearly a sticker. Did you? So when you first thought and saw, did you think like his balls were hanging out? Because I legit was like, oh no. I thought <laughs> I thought there was a wardrobe malfunction. I was like, oh, we're yeah. having a Janet Jackson moment right now. And then they zoomed in. They, they should have made the sticker a little bit bigger because if it was a bigger yeah. sticker, you'd be like, oh, that's a sticker or someone's face. Screen printed on his draws, but um, it definitely looked like for a second you're like, I think they should blur this out or at yeah, least like, charge more it, for the paper. When it first happened, I was like, Oh no, I just saw Sean Spears' balls, yeah. and I was like, Oh no, and it just it just threw me off. This whole match, it was weird. I don't know what they're doing with him. He was a marquee signing for them, man, and I... he is now back to where he was with Ty Dillinger. He's a he's a joke gimmick. Like yeah, they gotta they gotta throw him in like the uh, the TNT title picture immediately, just to kind of give him some legitimacy. And I don't think it's and he's good. He's really good. So yeah, I, don't... I just I don't. He's good. Yes, he's he's very good. He if you put a, a, a decent story around him, he's really really good. I thought the stuff that he did with Cody was great. Um, I just don't know what they're doing with him. It's just kind of like he's back to where he was, and it's a shame because he's a great talent. Um, and then the buy-in pre-show, private party versus best friends. Best friends are now the number one contenders for the tag belts. And best friend, or, and, and private parties kind of lost that swagger, that that 
heat that they had when they, they beat the Young Bucks. Now they're just second, third tier um, tag team. It's yeah. kind of a shame. It was a bummer, but they're also on the pre-show. So, and yeah. like, you know, the best friends should get their shot at at the tag titles. And look, I until like AEW posted a graphic, I think it was today or yesterday, I was like, for a second, because they're posting who the ch- current champions are, almost to remind you of the fact that Adam Page and Kenny Omega are the current tag team champions. Because they haven't really like, talked for, about that for a while. Yeah, for a company that's so great with their tag team division, they have so many ta- like incredible tag teams. The fact that Kenny Omega and Hangman are the tag champions and people kind of forgot about it is a, a disservice. Weird. A little weird. It's And it's weird. So um, we'll talk more about the tag team uh, division when we get back from this break. we got to pay some bills. So let's hear from our friends over at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back. Let's turn left. NASCAR is back, people. Go in a circle. Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, March Madness style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel. You'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. I haven't, I don't know if you've read Craig Hodges' book, but I have. And there's a chapter in there about how he allowed his wife to have relations with one R. Kelly. I'll just put that in there. Uh, visit our <laughs> betonline.ag. Can you send me this snippet? Because I don't want to read the full book because I really don't care about Craig Hodges, Hodges that much, but that seems I'll interesting. S- I'll send it to you, my friend. It is uh, it's quite, the, it's quite the snippet. <laughs> visit betonline. Like, low-key ate Jordan, too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's, I mean, all these guys probably actually do. Horace Grant yeah. hates him. Bill Cartwright, I think, wanted to punch him in the face, but he's kind of accepted him. Ron Harper was fine. I think Ron Harper like accepted who he was. He ended up playing with Kobe later on in his career, so he's like he got to play with a uh, yeah, both, he got his rings, both versions yeah. of um, of the Jordan Kobe type. Uh, visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BlueWire to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. All right, let's biggest news going on right now. Huge. The Revival, The Revolt, FTR, whoever you want, however you want to call them, are now in All Elite Wrestling. They showed up today, tonight, um, and it was, I'm going to go out and say, it was weird. It was a weird, like, running because they saved the Bucks and then kind of acted like they were going to challenge them, so it didn't really make any sense to me. Um, but now they are in All Elite Wrestling. That AEW tag team division just got incredibly more deep. Um, this is the best tag team division in the world by far. It's not even close. And we finally get to see the, the Bucks versus the Revival. This is going to kick ass. I'm all in on this. To the Revival or the Revolt or whatever they're called. They look they're more... Called, I think they're called FTR now. Okay. Do, do FTR... Do they look more jacked to you? Yes. They look massive. Yes. And the whole time WWE... You know, the, like... They looked a little chunky. They were like... You know, the kind of dad bods, right? They, they look like me. Full on dad bods, where they're like, they, they were clearly they could beat the shit out of either of us, but you're right. like, 
you know, questionable. Today, when I saw them debut, I was like, yo, these have these dudes been in the gym all of quarantine? Like they're looking stuff. just yeah. working out like on the rocks schedule. I feel like they're following like the rocks workout plan, right? Where they're like, they're bringing a traveling gym and just working out twenty four seven. So first of all, they look great. You know, props to them for uh for maybe just you know realizing like hey, or not realizing, but making the decision of you know for for moving over, we got to get away from this revival thing as much as we can, and let's let's do mm-hmm. something to kind of switch it up. So props to them for making a uh, a big splash. And it was only a matter of time. I think they the, there was a lot of teasing that they would be here eventually. Uh, the Bucks posted. I think it was on being the elite, or maybe it was just on their on their socials, they were wearing it was, the, the, it was on being elite where they wore the, the stupid the, ass costumes that Vince had pitched. Yeah. The gimmicks that the FTR pitched on them. Yeah. When, yeah. They were, when they were the revival. So it was, it was coming and uh, I'm glad that they are there now because they will be used a lot better here th- than they were in, in WWE. Yeah. I think this goes back. This is going to be their NXT run on steroids. Yep, like it's going literally to be... because they are jacked. <laughs> not not to say they're on steroids, but my god, man! But they might be. But they might. Be. I mean, you never. Um, know. I think I don't care. But it's it's going to be more about their in ring work, and their in ring work as a tag team is up there with the best of them. Yep. Um, storytelling wise, I think we'll see what they got. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they do with with the the WWE shackles off of them. Uh, they did pretty well in NXT. Um, it was just on that main roster where they just couldn't get out of neutral for whatever reason. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this. Like I said, I just wish the the actual debut was a little bit better. Uh, I hated that they they attacked the Butcher and the Blade and then kind of just had a stare down with the Bucks. Like I would have much rather them just attack. Instead of the Butcher and the Blade doing the initial attack, I would have just loved for the Revival or FTR to come through and attack the Bucks. And that would have just been a little bit more hard-hitting to the point Um it would have made a lot more sense to me. Um, but I guess they needed somebody to do their spots. And I, I don't think the Bucks maybe would, would have wanted sure. to do that. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, and then, so do you think that go Bucks FTR right off the jump? Or do you think they build toward this for all out in September or all? Yeah. All out in September. Man, or did I, they do this at fighter fest coming up in a few months? I think they have to, I think they keep building it towards September. Like you can have the rivalry start. I think you have to start it now. What is it? June, July. So it's like four, a four month buildup. And in September is their blowout, their blow off match, I should say. Mm-hmm. So like they have the time, right? And like uh, that match in September could be like they can add all the stipulations onto it, you know, stack them on top of each other. And that's what, what the big blow off match is. But I think they just start it right away. Like if they wait till September, they could put the belts on either one of the tag teams sure, and they could legit headline all out with that match. Yeah. Because it is a match that people have been kind of waiting on for a long time. It's been teased for years. Sure. Um, and I mean, they'll blow the roof off the place. There's no question about it. Um, and it'd be fun to see a tag team match headline a major pay-per-view like all out. So um, I'm all for them waiting until September have FTR kind of build their, their spot in in a we may maybe that's it's them that take the belts off omega and hangman and that's like how you kind of kickstart things and maybe the bucks want to get the belts back in the elite who knows but i want to see it headline all out because i think it's worthy worth it so 
moving on to another thing that happened tonight all, um, on, on Dynamite. This will be the last thing we talk about tonight. We're going to save some stuff for Friday because we do have another show coming up on Friday. I wanted to talk about this Mike Tyson segment. This was Tyson and Austin part two, but with Jericho. What did you think of it? Yeah, man. I mean, look, we, we talked about earlier Tyson's questionable involvement in, in, in the Cody Lance Archer match because he just kind of pulled attention. Mm-hmm. When you make him the focal point, I'm all in. And th- this this just reminds me of his involvement in the Austin HBK match, right? Where it was like, oh, he's going to be the special enforcer. You quite don't know what it means, but he gets involved on that Raw segment. That becomes like the biggest thing ever. And at that time, again, as a kid, you're like, well, that's I think that's a moment. You don't fully process it. Now, someone who's as mainstream as Mike Tyson being on Dynamite, interacting with someone like Chris Jericho on the roster, it just makes it feel like a bigger moment. So I think that's just genius of them to kind of keep bringing him in the fold because he's kind of back in the limelight, right? He's like, he's teasing this return to boxing. He's still one of the most feared dudes just in life. Like, I don't want to come across him um, or like accidentally bump into him anywhere. Like he, he literally will take my face off with his right fist. So, his involvement tonight, I just thought kind of capitalizing on his minimal involvement on Saturday was was very well done. And they, they just got to look if he wants to hang out in AEW, like there's not much else hanging on or sorry, happening right now in the world. Um, so, hey, build up some more build up some more reps, just being on TV in AEW and then uh, just just cash out for that next uh, that Holyfield fight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please, please I, have some, I have some thoughts on what happened. Okay. So, <laughs> from the walkout, uh, for me as an MMA fan, it was extremely odd to see him walk out with Rashad Evans, Vitor Belfort, who are MMA legends. And then he had Henry Stahudo, who is the former UFC flyweight and bantamweight champion and Olympic gold medalist, all behind him. Like, he was, like they were part of his posse. I was like, why are they here? It's super random. Uh, and then there was a random guy with his face paint on who was literally nobody, <laughs> just looked fucking weird. Um, and then the segment, like, it was, it seemed super important. Like, Tyson was ripping his shirt and he couldn't quite rip it all the way. That looked funny. And then he, he was giving him mean mugs. And then he literally did, did the push from from his Austin segment where yeah. he did, like, the where he did like the look. And then he pushed him, but he didn't quite push him. Like, he didn't do it all the way. And then it's like, it didn't quite work for me. It was... I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to relive a classic moment in wrestling. It just didn't quite get there for me. I'm still into it. I still enjoyed it, but it just wasn't as like monumental to me. Um, I think this is an interesting way to go with Jericho because I don't know where you go with Jericho or with the inner circle at all right now because it seems like they're just kind of floating around. Right. I thought they were actually teasing a breakup tonight which would have like really hurt my soul because I don't want that <laughs> faction to break up. I want them to stay together for life because they're awesome. Um, Jake Hager has bars, by the way. Did you hear his poem? His He's good. He's pretty good. good. He's got some bars. Yeah. Um, but I think this is an interesting way to go with Jericho. Maybe they do. I don't know if they do a match. I, I highly doubt they do no, a match. No, like, I, I don't think a match. Maybe they do something where Jericho, where, where Tyson is the enforcer or the ref. Um and that way they can get him involved in the storyline. Or he's in I someone's corner, whoever Jericho's right. facing. He's in their corner. 
he punches Jericho, costing the match. Like it's just kind yeah. of one of those minimal involvement type. It things. just gives you something to keep Jericho in the fold because there's not like a high level thing for him to be involved in right now. Right. So you give him Tyson, it gives he, like ups the cachet of whatever feud he's going to begin with. Um, but it was just a weird. I even I think I even tweeted this out. Like I tweeted out a photo of the confrontation of everybody in there. I just I just put like this is a fever dream. Like it was weird. Like, I'd ne- like it's 2020 and fucking Tyson is in the main event spot of IEW Dynamite with fucking Chris Jericho. Like this is wild. It's definitely um, it was it was it was weird, but with like a gang of MMA legends behind him. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I feel um, <laughs> I feel like Tyson called Tony Khan was like, I want to do something. And they just kind of let him do whatever he wanted. Like they they carved it around him. So it's I mean, look, if you're AEW, why wouldn't you have one of the biggest names in combat sports involved in your sport? So it's I like, mean, it makes sense for them to do it. Yeah. Right. So maybe this is just them like getting him in the fold and they're they're figuring it out as they go along. Like it has that feel to it, right? Like it hasn't been fully planned out. Uh like the like the Tyson Austin HBK angle, which I feel was like yeah, that was that had purpose. Like they yeah, part of me feels like they were literally backstage and Jericho's like, what are we doing? And they're like, I don't know. And Jericho probably just told Tyson, like, let's just do what you did with Austin. Like, let's just do yeah. something similar. And they basically did like a redux version of it. And it wasn't bad. It just wasn't great either. Um, well, I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm interested to see what they do with Jericho going forward. Cause he is 50 close to 50. Um, can't be wrestling forever, but, and, he needs to have something, some sort of involvement because he is that good. Um, if it is a Tyson involved feud, I'm all for it. They uh, gotta they gotta weird. they gotta keep him going until the Jericho cruise next year. So I'm totally going on that. I think I tweeted at you, like, are we doing this thing? Yeah, the reason why I haven't responded yet, because I was like, a cruise is gonna be like socially okay by February. Because look, on paper, I am in. Price wise, might have to talk to the wife about like, <laughs> you know, dipping into our daughter's college fund. But other than that, um, look, cruises and the virus around February did not equate to good results last yeah, time around. True. I mean, there's a lot of things that are on, like I have things planned for December. I'm like, am I going to be able to do this or not? I'm like, right. I guess I have to check like November. So, but that being said, if there's if a vaccine drops out of the air and we can like be around people again i'm in that'll be yeah. it'll be a tough sell to do both the jericho cruise and wrestlemania i will tell you that much the those conversations we might have to have like a group a family meeting <laughs> like you me, i sneak those conversations in like every night before bed like the, the really like kind of low-key conversations I'm like yeah so i was talking to ben about doing this wrestling event in like a few months and like my wife's like half asleep and i'm like yes yeah like it's she's Give right. me like the, she the, the okay while she's half asleep. So it's like, that's just the way to do it. Yeah. Then you say, um, yeah, I talked about it. I talked to you about this once. Yeah. Ago. So when they get, um, them, yeah. so there's a couple of things that we wanted to save for Friday. Cause we're, we still have a, we're still recording on Friday. We may do a live episode with, with, with SmackDown. Yes. Kind of play by ear. Uh, we still want to talk about the fight pit. We want to talk about Drake Mavericks running the cruiserweight title tournament. Um, and some Monday night raw fallout, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on Friday. We don't want to keep you guys too long. Um, so make sure that you follow us on social at two Javonis pod on Twitter and on Instagram and in the BR app, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel by hitting this red button right here. here. I, I think it's here, right? Um, yeah. at two Javonis with a wrestling podcast on YouTube. So subscribe, leave us a comment, give us a thumbs up, do all that cool stuff. 
uh, really help us out. Uh, follow, follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, as always, leave a review. And again, only one star, five stars, preferably five stars. But uh, again, once we get to 400, I will, uh, we're not sponsored by them, but I will do the, uh, I'll, I'll respond to Jeremy's double chug. I, I mean, we should really be sponsored by the clock because we, we hey, hype them up. We are uh, White Claw. Hit us up. Hit us Call up. Us. Every show. Just black cherry of the face. <laughs> that is how we roll. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for hopping on with us and listening. Uh, we will catch you in a few days after SmackDown. In the meantime, keep staying safe, keep staying healthy, keep staying home. Wash your hands and don't be a jabroni. Peace. I'm like melting in this chair. Stay safe, everybody. It's freaking hot. Later. Oh.